Welcome to the New Beginnings Community Church Podcast. Here at NBCC, we welcome the imperfect, flawed, and broken, as much as the healing and thriving, because we are all God's children. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. Good morning, New Beginnings. Thank you all for joining us today. My name is Bree. I am the kids pastor here at New Beginnings Norco. Whoa, that came on so fast, sorry. Um, it's so nice to see you guys all, see all of you guys. Um, and I'm just so excited to be here. If you guys haven't noticed already, today is a little different. Today is our generation's takeover service. Um, and this is just um, an awesome way for us to be able to allow the next generation that comes and serves already and attends church to really just handle on a Sunday morning, handle a service and, and just do everything that maybe we don't see. So some of, us, some of the students you guys may not see today, they're in the AV room, they're crushing it. Um, and then there's people that are on stage doing cameras. And then we just had our youth worship band um, up here. They did a fantastic job. And then also we have um, all the greeters, if you guys saw them when you walked in, the um, kids, they're either in youth ministry and or youth, or kids and youth ministry um, and we just wanted to give them all an opportunity c- to come today and to serve in a different way in a Sunday morning setting um, and mind you they all do this weekly they are all here either on Sundays and or on Wednesdays too so yeah we just wanted to give them the opportunity they are so great they um, serve week in week out me and um, Robert the uh, youth director we could not do service we couldn't do any of this without every single one of them so if you guys are hearing this thank you all so much we appreciate you guys um but yeah so that's why we are doing this generation's takeover and with that being said i also have the awesome opportunity to be here today and um, share the first half of this message with you guys so um today what we're going to be talking about is how are you investing? We're gonna be talking about investing, not necessarily like the financial aspect, but more so how are you investing when it comes to your walk with Christ? What are you doing today to invest in tomorrow? Um, And so as uh, the Generations team and I, we're all together and we're kind of just going over what do we wanna talk about? What do we wanna um, share today in this Generations Takeover service? We came to this idea just because we thought what a perfect way to end off 2023 Um, with this question of how you are investing. And as we go into 2024, continue to ask ourselves this question. um, How are you investing? Um, And more so than just a New Year's reflection or a New Year's resolution, we want this to be something that we don't just ask ourselves in 2024, but we want this to be a question we ask ourselves every single day of our lives. How are you investing when it comes to your walk with Christ? Because it's important. What we're doing today matters. What, what we're pouring into when it comes to our relationship with God, how we're investing in that, it matters. Um, and so as we talk about this, we're gonna be reading through a parable in Matthew 25. So if you guys have your Bibles, you wanna open up, you can do that. And then I'll just pray and we'll get started. Uh, Lord, thank you so much for today, God. Thank you for um, just giving us this opportunity to be here, to um, learn more about you. And God, I just pray that... Um, you just speak to each and every one of us, God, that you just um, share with us what you have to say today. Um, We love you so much. In your name we pray, amen. Awesome, so we're gonna start in Matthew 25. We're gonna be going over the parable of the talents, so that's verses 14 to 30. Um, I'm gonna just read through it. We're gonna break it down a little bit, and the goal behind breaking this down is so that we have a better understanding of Um, what this means in the context of when Jesus was teaching this parable. And a parable 
um, is a story. So it's a story that, it's a type of story that Jesus would preach in parables a lot of the time and teach in parables a lot of the time to share lessons that he wanted us to know. He wanted the people that he was preaching to to know in relatable ways. And so we're going to read through this parable um, and it's going to start in verse 14. We'll do 14 and 15. And in verse 14, and it says, for it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted to them his property. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. And a talent here, we often see this word talent and we think, oh, like, oh, the talent of skating, skateboarding, or the talent of juggling, or the talent of playing guitar, whatever the case may be, but that's not what it's referring to here. Talent, um, in the original Greek, it's talantone. Um, that is a, what that means, it's a, it's a form of currency. So this master is giving these, these forms of currency to his servants, right? And um, what that is equivalent to, one talent is about 20 years worth of salary. So we don't know necessarily what that um, is in US dollars, it's kind of talked about um, in different ways, but it, equi it equals 20 years salary. That's what one talent is. And so, um, it's, we may think, wow, why would a master, why would he give his servant this? Why would he give and trust him with so much? But um, this is actually commonly done. This is so normal for this to happen back when Jesus is telling this story. So everyone that's sitting in the crowd listening to Jesus share this parable, they're, they know, they understand, they're like, oh yeah, that would happen, that makes sense. And so in verse, um, verse 15, and it says, um, to one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away, according to their abilities. This master, he wasn't just giving it to a servant that had been working for him for a week, right? He was giving it to the people that he knew well. He knew their abilities, he knew what he, they could do with these talents, and, and oftentimes when we think about this or we hear this story, maybe we, we think, oh wow, why am I sometimes relating to this servant that got the one talent? And we feel like there's so often in our lives, there's so many times in our lives that we're the servant that gets the one, and we say, why did we not get more? Because maybe the, someone in your family, maybe someone at your school, maybe someone two rows behind you, they have everything, they have so much, and you compare the, one, the little, what we see as little that maybe God's given us, we compare that to the more that someone behind us has gotten. And I want us to think about this because um, more often than not, we harp on that, but in reality, what we're not doing is we're neglecting, we're neglecting to see the areas that God has given us, have, has gifted us. And so I want us to consider that as we continue to read through this. There's gonna be times in our lives where we're the servant that gets the one talent, but then there's gonna be times in our lives that we are the servant that gets the five talents. And the question is, what are you doing with what God has given you? And so Matthew 25, verses 16 to 18, it says, he who had received the five talents went at once and traded with them, and he made five talents more. So, he, so also he who had two talents made two talents more, but he who had received the one talent went and dug in the ground and hid his master's money. So the two servants, the one that was given five, the one that was given two, they went, they got these, this money that their master gave them, they invested it. 
And then the one that was given the one, he wanted to hide it. He wanted to protect it, right? So he took this and he hid it. And in um, verses 19 through 25, it says, now after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents came forward, bringing five talents more, saying, Master, you delivered to me five talents. Here I have made five talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. And turn to the joy of your master. Verse 22, And he also who had received two talents came forward, saying, Master, you delivered to me two talents. Here I have made two talents more. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. And turn to the joy of your master. Verse 24, he also who had received the one talent came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. So the two that decided to invest what their master had given, they received back double, right? They put in five, he got 10. They put in two, he got four. But the one who hit it, he came back to his master and said, here's the one that you gave me. Here's the one talent that you gave me. And so as we continue reading and we finish off this parable, um, in, in verse 26, it says, but his master answered him, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers and at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has will be given more and, to, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he was, but he will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And these are some harsh words, right? We hear this like, wow, that's crazy. Like, Maybe the, this master, like he's, that, that's harsh. Like, why would he say that? That's crazy. He's just gonna, he, at least I got back what I got. But, but the reason why Jesus is teaching it in, in this way is because this is the reality. When we look at this parable in not just Matthew 25, verses 14 to 30, but when we look at it in the grand scheme of things in Matthew 24 and 25, those two chapters, when we look at it, those two chapters are going over the second coming of Christ. It's teaching us about the second coming of Christ. And so when Jesus is teaching this parable, he wants us to know and understand the importance of investing in our relationship with God. He's using the story to show us how important it is. When we don't invest and we can't bring anything back and we just have the one and we're not investing, we're not growing. And I want us to, to think about that in our lives today. How are you investing? And that's why we're going through this question together. How are you investing in what God has given you, in the gifts God has given you? And we're gonna look at this in three different areas of our lives, three different um, areas. And so the first one, if you guys have the little um, pamphlet thing that you're writing in, um, the first one is how are you investing personally? How are you investing personally? How are you investing in your personal relationship with God? What are you doing today to invest in your relationship with God? And I believe that not only is, in my opinion, this is such an important area to invest in, but it's also probably the most common area that we neglect to invest in. It's the co most common area that we decide, 
oh, we don't need to invest in that because not everyone sees it. Not everyone's gonna see whether we're praying before we go to bed or when we wake up. Not everyone's gonna see if we're opening our Bible during the day. Not everyone's gonna see what our personal relationship with God is because it can easily be hidden, it can easily, easily be faked. And I relate to this so much because I remember when I was 19 years old, I was given this awesome opportunity to be a youth pastor. Um, not here at another church, but I was given this opportunity and I was going into my second year um, studying theology at a college and I was like, oh wow, this is awesome. And so from the outside perspective, it looks like, wow, she's, she's doing what she needs to do. But at the same time of me entering into this first year of ministry, I'm also entering into a very busy year at school. And so during this time, I am busy and I'm, I'm thinking, wow, like, okay, I have to write a message on Sunday, I have to write this paper about this book in the Bible, I have to do all of these things, I'm just gonna do what I need to do to get through the week. So I'm gonna write a message, I'm gonna sit down, read the Bible and write a message, and then I'm gonna sit down and write a paper on the book of Matthew or, or whatever it was, and I'm gonna do these things. But what I wasn't doing was I wasn't investing in my personal relationship with God. I wasn't investing, I wasn't reading the Bible for devotion, like personal devotion. I wasn't praying and sitting with God and having a, sabbat or a Sabbath every single week. I wasn't doing these things because I, I thought, oh, I have, I'm so busy with other things. I'm still reading the Bible, it's fine, but I wasn't investing in my personal relationship with God. And when I look back to that time, I was exhausted. I was so tired. I, was th I didn't want to show up to my students' recitals or games. I was exhausted. I just wanted to go on my phone and scroll. That's all I wanted to do. But when I, and so when I look at that time in my life and I realize, wow, I wasn't, I wasn't investing, in my personal relationship with God, yeah, I was able to fake it. Other people could say, oh, she's, she, you know, she's a youth pastor, it's fine. She's, she's in theo school studying theology, it's fine. But in reality, I wasn't doing what I was supposed to do, but it was easy to hide. And so um, I want us to ask this question, how are you investing personally? Because the moment we start to neglect our personal relationship with God is the moment every single aspect of our life will be altered. Every single aspect of our life will be affected by that choice. So um, I want us to ask that question to ourselves. It's a question I ask myself every day. I think it's really important. With that being said, I wanna intro Pastor Charlie Headley up here. Thank you. Yes. You guys probably didn't know that our kids pastor can preach, huh? Hey, uh, excited to be here with you guys. Like she said, this is our generation's takeover. And if you don't know, uh, Bree just said my name, but my name is Pastor, or Pastor, uh, my name is Charlie, uh, Charlie Headley. We have two Charlies here on staff. I'm the taller one. There's the, uh, the, the older one. Um, but uh, today I get the honor of sharing this message with Bree, and she kicked it off with that question of how are we Investing, And she looked at it in the sense of a personal relationship with Christ. And today I get to give you two other kind of viewpoints on how we are investing. And the second one that I want to give to you guys today, if you're taking notes, you can write this down, is this. How are you investing in your family? How are you investing in your family? As a mother, as a husband, as a son or a daughter, I want us to ask ourselves that question today. How are you investing? Because you see, if you call yourself a Christian in this room today, or whether you're watching online this morning, 
If you call yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus, I think every single one of us in here, we want our households to all follow and serve the Lord. Now, if you don't, it's a little weird, but I think every single one of us in here, we want that thing to happen. We want our families to come to church. We want our families to serve the Lord. We want them to love the Lord and have a personal relationship with him. I think it's even safe to say if you are a Christian in this room, every single one of us wants our families to live by the Joshua 24 verse 15 rule. If we can't, can we put that up on the screen? Joshua 24 verse 15 says this, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Isn't that so good? For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I guarantee you, I can't bet in church, but I can guarantee you there's at least 10 of us in here that have that verse somewhere in our house. We got it painted up on the wall. We got it right above our fireplace. Like we went to Etsy, we went to Home Goods. We saw it, we're like, that's gonna be perfect in my house. You sure it matched? And I love this verse. It's a great verse. Again, like I said, I think every single one of us, we want our families to love and serve the Lord. I'm not knocking this verse, it's scripture. But the thing is this, is that verse is just a quarter of the entirety of that verse. Again, I think we see that and we think this is great, but we don't finally understand the full context of what's being said behind this verse. See, the full verse says this. Can you put it up there? Joshua 24, verse 15 in its entirety. It says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I don't know if I've walked into any house and saw that entire verse painted on a wall or hung up on a wall. The reason why I bring that up is because I think we need to understand the entirety of that verse for our families to be able to serve the Lord and to love the Lord. You see, Joshua understood something. Joshua understood that there was going to be a choice, or if I can even say, an investment that needed to be made for his family to serve the Lord. See, what that verse is saying is that verse is saying, hey, you have a choice as a follower of Jesus. In the original, in the context that this was written, he was saying you have a choice to either follow the gods of your ancestors or to follow the one true God. And you see, the question that I want to propose to us this morning, not only is how are you investing in your family, but what gods are you choosing to serve? And you might think, well, Charlie, I'm in church. I'm serving the one true God, and that's great. I love it, but I think sometimes what we can do is we can allow the gods of this world to kind of influx into our lives. What do I mean? There's probably some of us that are watching online, and I'm not harping on you because you're just not here, but there's probably some of us that are watching online because we chose not to show up to church today because our team's playing in the beginning half of the day. <laughs> Somebody, I, I looked over, I'm not gonna say who it was, someone did this, and I was like, oh, that's, that's somebody. And I get it, I love sports. But I share that because what we've done is we've allowed the things of this world to rule our lives and rule our decisions rather than coming to church on a Sunday morning and hearing from the Lord to worshiping with a congregation. So again, going back to this thought, how are you investing in your family? I think there's four big ways that we can invest in our family as we get ready to dive into 2024, but not just 2024, as we follow Christ for the rest of our lives. 
The first one is this. As a family, as a husband and a wife and kids and the kids in the family, reading scripture together. And none of these things I'm gonna say to you, these four things, none of it is groundbreaking. This is stuff that is tried and true. This is stuff that is in scripture. I'm not giving you anything new. But if we truly want to invest in our families, these are some four things that I think would be a great starting point for us. First one being, reading scripture together. Question, when's the last time you sat down as a family and opened your Bible and read outside of a Sunday morning? If you want your family to serve the Lord together, your family needs to hear scripture more than just Sunday morning from Pastor Jim. Second thing, show up to church on Sunday. Come together as a family in sit and service. This is one of my favorite days of the year, not just because I get to preach, even though that's cool, um, but it's because today, if you didn't know, our kids service, our kids ministry only is taking in zero to five-year-olds. That means that we have some kids in this room that are sitting with their family, going to church together. To me, that is such a beautiful picture of what it looks like to invest in a family is to sit together in a congregation and hear what the word of God is and worship together and pray together. And again, I harped on it already and I'm gonna harp on it again. When we choose to sit back and watch the game or choose to, to do whatever it is that we wanna do on a Sunday and not show up to church, we are allowing that to become our God rather than God be our God. And I'll just say this, if you're a Cowboys fan, I can tell you the outcome, they're gonna lose. <laughs> I had to throw it in there. Had to throw it in there. Someone, I got an amen on that one. The third way is this. Not only show up to church together, but serve in church together. One of my favorite things I get to watch as the next-gen pastor is families that serve together. There's something that is so beautiful about it. One, as a mother, and, uh, as a husband and a wife, you are showing the, your kids what it looks like to live a biblically sound life by serving in the church. You are setting an example in your household when you show up to church on Sunday and you serve together. And I'm gonna harp on the husbands really quick because for some reason I see this more often than not. Husbands in the room, if your wife serves in church and you don't, you're not leading your household. And I get it, we're tired, we work a full 40 hours, 48 hours, 50 hours a week, but if your wife is choosing to serve in church and you are not, you are not leading your household in the way that the Lord wants you to. You're not setting an example for your kids to see what it looks like to have a biblically sound father. The fourth thing is this, pray together. And I'm not just talking about praying, saying, Lord, please bless this Del Taco to our bodies. I'm talking <laughs> outside of just praying for your meals. How often do you pray together as a family? My in-laws didn't know I was gonna share this, but I'm gonna share this anyways. One thing that has been ingrained in my mind, as if you guys know, as a kid growing up, I didn't go to church. My mom here, she serves in church. She's in the blend. But I didn't grow up in church. So when I started dating my wife, there was this kind of just completely different world I entered into. It's like, your family likes each other? They love each other? You guys don't fight? What? But there's something that when me and my wife, we were engaged and we were getting ready to get married, there was a decision that my in-laws had to make when it came to our wedding and when it came to kind of a, a decision after our wedding as well. And um, it was on them. It was a decision that they needed to make. 
And I'll never forget the day they came back to us and they said, we sat down at the foot of our bed and we prayed to the Lord together, asking him for the answer that we need. That right there has been ingrained in my mind ever since that day of what it looks like to serve the Lord together. And it just looks like a prayer, but it's setting the foundation of a family that serves the Lord and loves the Lord. And it's been ingrained in my mind ever since, and it's something that I try to imitate in my marriage. Can't say I'm the best at it, but I try. So again, I'm asking you this question this morning. How are you going to invest in your family in 2024? And then the third and the last thing that we're gonna share this morning is this. How are you going to invest in the next generation? And I know what you're thinking. Ah, it's the generation's takeover. They had to throw some kind of like serve in youth ministry, serve in kids ministry somehow. Yeah, we did. Um, <laughs> but no, I want you to genuinely ask that question. How are you going to invest in the next generation? You might think, well, Charlie, that's not my job. I'm not the youth pastor. I'm not the kids pastor. And I get that. And you're kind of right, because it is. It's the kids pastor and the youth pastor's job to invest into the next generation. It's the youth leader's job. It's the kids leader's job to invest in the next generation. But I'm going to be so bold to say, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, you call yourself a member of this church, you show up consistently, and you love the Lord, it is also your job to invest in the next generation. Why do I say that? Because it's pretty clear in scripture about pouring in to the next generation. When I say next generation, I'm talking about from the newborn, all, not even, unborn, all the way. They graduate high school, even in the young adult age. It is our job to invest into the next generation, not just the youth pastors, not just the kids pastors, but as a church member, it is our job to invest into the next generation. And you might think, well, Charlie, that's just, that's just not me. I said this already. It's pretty clear in Scripture what Scripture says about him pouring into the next generation. One of my favorite verses to go to is Psalm 78, verse 5. Psalm 78, verse 5 says this. I said we have kids in the back serving there. There they are. <laughs> he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. Verse 6. The next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. Verse 7. So that they should get their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments. Verse 8. And that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn, stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. What we just read in those three verses is this. It was a decree, it was a statement of teaching the next generation the ways of the Lord so they do not grow stubborn or hardens of heart towards him, towards the Lord. And the, the thing I love so much about this verse is it doesn't just talk about the next generation, but there's five generations mentioned within those three verses. The father, the father's kids, their kids, their kids, and their kids. Five generations mentioned. And again, just points back to the importance of pouring into the next generation, of teaching them the ways of the Lord. And even after hearing that, you're like, man, kids just aren't my thing. They get on my nerves. I get it. I do. But I want us to know this today. 
If we are choosing not to invest into the next generation, what we are deciding to do is choose not to invest in the future church. I'll say that one more time. When we choose not to invest in the next generation, we are choosing not to invest into the future church. And the reason why I say that is because the next generation that is rising up is the next generation of youth pastors, is the next generation of kids pastors, is the next generation of generations pastors, of sound techs, of communities pastors, of deacons, of tithers, of elders, of ushers. When we choose not to invest in the next generation, we are saying that the church is done. Because eventually, we will all age out and we will leave the church to nobody. It's on us if we're going to invest in the next generation to see them rise up. And I can sit here and I can just harp on this all I want because I got the mic. But instead of me giving you guys examples of what it looks like to invest in the next generation, whether that is serving in youth or serving in kids or meeting with students one-on-one or whatever that looks like in your household, we have a a student of ours that is going to come up and share his testimony and how, because people invested in him, we get to see this relationship he has with the Lord come out. And so Raymond's going to come out here right now. I think Raymond's right behind us. You back there, Raymond? I think I hear him coming. There he is. Can you guys give it up for Raymond? Raymond is one of our students in youth ministry, and he is going to share his testimony with us this morning. How's it going? My name is Raymond Hernandez. I'm a student leader here at Community Youth Norco. I'm going to talk a bit about that and how I got here. So around August of 2022 was when I first started coming to the church. How that started was I asked my mom, hey, can you find me a youth group to start going to? And she calls up this church, talks to the lady on the phone, who she said was very nice. And it just so happened that they were having service that night. It was a Wednesday night. So I, you know, scroll on the Instagram page. And they're like, hey, kids can bring a skateboard, football, whatever they want to bring. You know, so I show up with my skateboard. I start talking with these, you know, new kids, uh, you know, filming some of the more advanced skaters. And after a bit of just, you know, chilling outside, some guy steps outside. He comes up to me. He says, hey. My name's Robert, you must be Raymond. You know, I hear you like photography and music, and that's how I meet Rob. So, um, you know, after talking to him for a bit, you know, service starts up, we had um, hype worship, message, some games, and I'm loving the whole thing, but I couldn't help but notice the strong sense of community. You know, there was just, I could see like everybody doing something. Everybody was doing something, not just, you know, the young adults, not just the youth leaders, not just Charlie or Rob. I mean, like kids my age were walking around with the, with the cameras, working the lights, being a part of worship. It was so cool to see. It inspired me to want to be involved. So I did. You know, after a bit, I started doing camera work, worship. I even started making graphics and videos. And a, a huge thing for me was starting to run the Instagram page. Because now I was the one that was putting out there, hey, bring your skateboard, bring your football. And it was like a full circle moment for me. It was really cool to, you know, see that happen. And, you know, part of one of the things I did, again, like making the videos, I had to make videos for um, the community night, Halloween, the Hollow Fest that we had. As we're doing that, Rob's teaching me how to produce it, how to direct a, a group of kids. I would step back and I would think, like, man, this is just after 
maybe a bit more than half a year of going to the church and I'm already able to do this, you know, and I have responsibilities here now, you know. This isn't just a place that I go to, that I choose to, hey, I can, I'm free Wednesday night, I'll just go. This is a place where I have responsibilities, it's a place where I belong, you know. This it isn't about me trying to, trying my hardest to reach my goals. This is about, you know, God's work here and in our youth. You know, this, this is the closest I've ever been with God. I, you know, I, I know who he is. I know what he wants for his people, for his youth. And you know, I'm learning how to teach others that too. You know, I am not any more special than anybody else. You know, this is a place where you can use the gifts that God gave you. You know, um, I know lots out there are, you know, looking for a place to belong and they're either not finding it or they're looking in the wrong place, you know? So here you'll find a community with positive people who care about you and who committed to sharing God's message to you and his hope. So I thank community youth for you know putting me in this position. I thank God for bringing me here and I thank you all for listening. Raymond is, uh, one, he's just a special student, but two, uh, the video that we had for our bumper video was actually made by Raymond. Um, and uh, like he said, all the graphics we have in youth ministry is all from him, social media, and it came from investing in the next generation. There's so much hidden talent in the next generation that goes untapped when we choose not to focus on it. I could even go so far to say that when we don't invest in the next generation, we're not investing in the future of our world by not giving them the opportunity to, to live out with what God's given them as passions and as dreams. That's why I, I, I love what I get to do. Again, this whole message isn't just about investing in the next generation, but it is so, so important to do so as believers in Jesus. But now what we're going to do is we're going to wrap up this message. And um, every one of us should have gotten one of these when we walked in. Uh, we made this, it says investment contract. And sorry for the very bright highlighter colors. This is a generation's takeover. It had to have some kind of youthy feel to it. But it says investment contract. Name, date, list of investments, your signature, and the date signed. The reason why we made these, because I, I don't know if you know this or not, but tomorrow is January 1st, 2024. It is the beginning of a new year. And with the beginning of a new year, what comes with that? New Year's resolutions. And Bree kind of talked about it a little bit already, but this message isn't just about giving you guys an opportunity to write down New Year's resolutions and leave here with them. But this message and our challenge and our hope behind it is that leaving here today, we are not just making New Year's resolutions or goals, but we are making an investment in ourselves as followers of Jesus in the areas of our life that he wants us to grow in. And we gave three. We just kind of laid a foundation. Maybe for some of us in this room, we do. We need to invest in our relationship with the Lord more than just on Sunday mornings. Maybe it is that we need to invest in the next generation some more. Maybe God's tugging your heart that way. 
Or maybe it is at home right now, family life is just not what it was before or not where you want it to be. You're not living the Joshua 24 verse 15 kind of lifestyle. Maybe it is for you that the Lord is telling you it's time to invest in your family. And as I was driving in this morning, one of my things that I do is I sit there and I drive and I, um, I just drive around and I, I say the message out loud. And I'm saying it over and I'm saying it over and I'm going down 6th Street somehow. I, I live in Corona, but I'm down on 6th Street now because I'm just driving. I just couldn't help but feel like, because the, the way the message was supposed to go was this was just supposed to be, we're going to harp on these three things and then kind of send you guys out. But I can't help but think that there's some areas that we didn't talk about tonight that I feel like the Lord has been telling you guys that this is the area you need to invest in. I don't know what that is you do. And I couldn't help but feel that the Lord was just saying this morning that he has placed a passion, a desire on some of our hearts and we've been sitting on it for months waiting for the right time to start investing into it, waiting for the right time to say something about it, waiting for the right time to take the step of faith and go. I just want to encourage you this morning. I think there's no better time than right now. You see, the reason why we made these investment contracts is because when we write down on this piece of paper, it's just writing something down. But what we are doing is we are taking these thoughts out of our minds and we're putting them on paper, making these known. I didn't even encourage you, if you have social media today, when you do this later today or whether you do this right now, maybe you've already done it, post a picture about it. Put it out there. Have someone hold you accountable to this. Because the thing that I, I want us to understand this morning is this is more than just a New Year's resolution. This is how are we going to invest in our personal relationship with Christ and where he wants us to go. You see, I think one of the biggest reasons why New Year's resolutions don't work, because you guys all have heard of it. You've probably seen the videos about it. Everyone wants to go and get healthy for the New Year's. So they get a gym membership, and two weeks later, the gym is completely empty. I think one of the biggest reasons why we drop our New Year's resolutions is because we don't want to be uncomfortable. At the beginning of the year, we can have all these high hopes, all these high dreams of saying, this is what we want to do. This is the way that I think the Lord is telling me to go. But as soon as it gets just a little bit uncomfortable, we drop out. We say to ourselves, mm-mm, the Lord wouldn't want to make me uncomfortable. That's just a lie. Stop telling yourself that. The thing that I want us to understand this morning is this. Whatever you write down on here, to make sure this goes, to make sure this happens, one, you've got to trust in the Lord. But two, when things get uncomfortable, don't drop it. Because the thing is this, when things get uncomfortable, that's where true growth starts to begin. I will say that one more time. When things get uncomfortable, that is where true growth starts to begin because we are acting outside of our normalcy, of our day-to-day -day routine. We're throwing a wrench into the plan of what God wants us to do, and we're saying, God, use us. God, this might be a little bit uncomfortable that I'm telling my entire family to sit down at the dinner table and us read the Bible, but this is where growth happens. God, this might be a little bit uncomfortable that I'm going to tell my kids, hey, you know what? We can't go to the game on Sunday because we need to go to church. It might be uncomfortable, but that's where the growth begins.
One of my favorite stories in scripture is when Peter steps out on, um, and walks on water. The only other person to ever walk on water besides Jesus. I think sometimes we harp so much on that story of Peter because we look at Peter's life and we say to ourselves, man, Peter, you stepped on water, you took a few steps, and then you sank. And we look at the fact that he sank. But the thing I want us to look at today in that story is the fact that Peter actually stepped outside of the boat. Was it comfortable? No. It wasn't. Could he have drowned? Yes. But he did it anyways. And I believe God is calling us to do the same exact thing to step outside of the boat in 2024 and truly invest in the areas he wants us to live in. And with that being said, what I'm gonna do is we're gonna pray. And during this song of worship, you can write down on that investment sheet of how you're going to invest in yourself in 2024 and really for the rest of your life. Or you can take it home today and you can sit on it, you can pray with it and just really figure out what it is that God's leading you to do. But right now we're gonna pray and we're gonna go into a song of worship. So if we can, if you wanna bow your heads, close your eyes and let's pray. Jesus, we just thank you. Jesus, we thank you for this time that we have together this morning to be able to one, worship you, but then two, to be able to come and just hear from the next generation. To be able to see the next generation of leaders here at New Beginnings, be able to serve you and worship you. And Jesus, I just pray this morning that one, the message challenged us as much as it challenged me to put this thing together and breed and put this thing together. That Jesus, you're starting to stir something in some of our hearts here today. That maybe it is, it's time to start messing around and start truly investing in our relationship with you. Maybe it is find, finally time to start investing in our families, sitting down, praying together, worshiping together, reading scriptures together. Or maybe it is time to start investing in the next generation, the future of the church. And Jesus, I pray, if that's not anything for anybody here today, God, that you reveal what it is that you want them to invest in. The goals that you have for them, the plans that you have for them. And Jesus, I, I, right now, with every head bowed, every eyes closed, I want to do something a little different. If you're here today and that first point really stood out to you of investing in yourself, investing in your personal relationship with Christ. Maybe that's something God's been telling you to do for years now. And you hear that this morning. If that's you with nobody looking, all I want you to do is if you are ready to invest in your relationship with Christ in the new year, all I just want you to do is raise your hand. Just raise your hand. There's hands raised in this room. You guys can put your hands down. If you're in here today, and that second point, investing in your family, seeing them serve the Lord. If that's you, if that's what you feel like God is leading you to do in 2024, all I want you to do is raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. You guys can put your hands down. And if you're here today, and that third point really kind of just struck a chord with you of serving the next generation and investing in the next generation, if that's you, I just want you to raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. And then the last one. Maybe there's something that we didn't talk about that the Lord is telling you to invest in in 2024. Maybe it is that something that's been just on your heart that you haven't said yet, but the Lord is telling you it's time. If that's you, if you have something that you, we didn't talk about, but you feel like the Lord is telling you to invest in in 2024, if that's you, just raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. 
All right, you guys put your hands down. Right now, what I want you to do is I, I, I'm going to ask you to step out in faith. Really, this isn't stepping out in faith. This is just what we do in church. If you're here today and you rose your hand out of any four of those, can I just have you stand up and come to the front? Because what we want to do right now is we just want to pray for you. So if you can, just stand up, come to the front. Whether that's investing in your relationship with Christ, whether that's investing in the next generation, investing in your family, or maybe the Lord is telling you something completely different to invest in. If that's you, just come on up. We're going to go into a song of worship, but before we do, we're going to pray. And if we have our prayer team here that wants to come around and, and pray with us, that'd be great. One of my favorite things to do in church is to open the altar. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. See, when we open the altar, what we're doing is we are bringing these burdens and we're bringing these investments, we're bringing these thoughts and these desires to the Lord saying, Lord, if this is it, show me. If this is where you want me to go, lead me in that direction. And so this morning, that's exactly what we're going to do. We are going to not only write these things down on that investment contract, but we are gonna offer them to the Lord saying, Lord, if this is you, lead me in the way you need me to be led. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me and show me what it is that you need. So with that, if you're sitting down, can you just reach your hand up? But right now, we just wanna pray as a congregation for whatever that is. Father, we thank you again. Father, we pray right now over everyone that said, you know what, I'm bold enough to stand up in faith and say, I don't know exactly what it might be, God, that you want me to invest in, but God, you are calling me to be led and calling me to be invested in. Father, we pray right now for those that are sitting in here today and as Bree was sharing about being investing in their personal relationship with you, growing in that maturity in you, Father, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit begins to stir something in their heart. That, that Holy Spirit, God, we pray for the Holy Spirit to start leading them in the direction that they need to go, to stop dropping the things that are distracting them from a genuine relationship with you. Father, we ask that in your name. God, we pray for those that are up here today that are on behalf of their family saying, God, I want my family to serve you. God, I want my family to love you. God, I pray today is the day that they begin the investment or they continue the investments you've laid before them. That they call together a family meeting. They call together a, a time to read scripture and to genuinely pray for each other and, and a time to go and, and to worship you in church. Not just once a month, but every Sunday. This is a time where we get to come together and worship you. And Jesus, I pray for those that rose their hands saying, you know what, I, I, I have so much knowledge of these years of life that it's time to pour into the next generation. God, I pray that they do so. Thank God they don't just come up and they, they see what we get to do and they just kind of feel like a move of the heart, but God, they genuinely do. Whether that's signing up, Lord, to serve in youth and kids ministry or, or, or just signing up to pour into this generation, to pour into the kids that they have in their own household, the future of the church. So Jesus, with everyone up here, God, you know what it is that they are going through. You know exactly what it is that they want to invest in. And Father, I pray you give them that ability and you give them that movement of your Holy Spirit and the power of your Holy Spirit to fulfill those things. So Father, we pray this all in your name. And everybody said Amen. First off, thank you for being here on New Year's Eve and uh, kind of bringing in the new year together. But I do, I, I encourage you, take that investment sheet home. Whether you've written on it right now or you're going to write on it later, just don't throw it away. 
And I don't mean that in a joking way, but truly, what is it that the Lord is speaking to you today? What is it that he wants you to dive into as 2024 is right around the corner? We love you guys, and we will see you in a cliche way next year. If you need prayer or dedicated your life to Christ, please reach out to us on our social media, on Facebook and Instagram at NBCCNorco, or email us at hello at NBCC.com. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to share and subscribe to this podcast.